Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Retired U.S. Marine Colonel Hank Donegan is my guest today, and his story is one that has inspired me greatly. Despite being diagnosed with brain cancer, Hank ran 50 marathons last year, which brought his total up to 450 races in his lifetime. This year, he wants to make it to 500, and I have no doubt he'll get there because he's doing it for fellow veterans. Hank has had to take a break recently because he went through brain cancer surgery and had to undergo radiation five days a week. But he's back on his feet again and ready to run. I had the pleasure of talking to Colonel Donegan, and it's one of my favorite discussions I've had on this podcast. I hope you enjoy it, too. Here is my friend, Colonel Hank Donegan, on the Janice Dean podcast. Tell me how you're feeling. So my doctors and caregivers are astounded. I'm feeling great. Um, I haven't had any symptoms uh, either when I had my brain tumor, which was discovered by accident while a volunteer for a VA research study or um, undergoing this proton radiation treatment. And I think they feel it's attributable to, uh, you know, my fitness and lifestyle so there's probably some lessons to be learned, but I'm feeling great. I'm so happy to hear that. Tell me, you know, tell me the about the journey, uh, you know, learning that you were ill, that you had an illness up until now. You know, you, you say that it kind of happened through happenstance. So I was a uh, volunteer with the VA for a research study they were doing, and uh Part of that was uh, for their volunteers to get a scan, like from the diaphragm up to the top of your head. And as a result of that scan, they discovered a golf ball sized tumor uh, in my brain. And so, uh, you know, I was having no symptoms. I was feeling great. I was running. And um, it was determined that if the tumor turned out to be aggressive, which it did turn out to be that it would have to be removed by surgery. So they monitored me for about six months. And back March of last year, I got another scan. The tumor had grown 10%. And so uh, in July, I was scheduled uh, for neurosurgery. And I had one of the best neurosurgeons in the world made available to me uh, through the VA at uh, University of California, San Diego, UCSD. And uh, interestingly, I ran a marathon three days before my brain surgery. Uh, I was only in the hospital one night, and I ran my next marathon three weeks after, and pretty much ran a marathon a week uh, since then, with the exception of Labor Day weekend, which was six weeks after the surgery, and I ran three marathons in three days down in Mexico. 
So anyway, when they did the pathology for my tumor after the surgery, they found that it had some aggressive cells and uh, the odds were that within three to five years, the tumor would come back without getting additional treatment. So, um, you know, we decided that that was the best thing because with radiation, that lowered those odds down to about 15% return of the tumor. So uh, I've been undergoing proton radiation treatment, which is a little bit different from the typical radiation, but uh, it's available here in San Diego. And again, all covered for me by uh, the VA due to my veterans benefits. And people travel from all over the country and the world to come to this proton treatment center in San Diego that's right in my backyard. So um, 33 treatments over six weeks. And, you know, there was some concern that I would have the typical side effects like nausea, fatigue, those kind of things. And it started back in mid-December, and I was trying to finish up my running year. My goal was to do 50 marathons. That had been interrupted a little bit by the surgery. So, uh, you know, I promised myself I would listen to my body. I listened to my doctors, but I started the treatment. I continued to run. I did three marathons in three days over the New Year's weekend just to, to hit my target. And that brought me to my uh, 450 lifetime marathons and 50 for 2023 uh, on December 31st. So that's been my journey. Congratulations. That is tremendous. When did you know that you were a runner? Early on in your life? Well, the Marine Corps made me a runner. So uh, when I was in high school, I was a football player. Uh, after high school, I went to the Naval Academy. Uh, at the Naval Academy, I was a boxer. And boxers, it's all about conditioning anyway. It's very little about getting in the ring. It's what you're doing outside of the ring to get you ready to get in there. So coaches there had us do some running. But when I joined the Marine Corps and became an infantry officer, um, you know, the, the pressure on Marine leaders, you've got to be able to lead. You've got to be out there in front of those troops and you've got to fit in your uniform and look good. Um, and because of that, running promised the best bang for my buck of all the physical things that you could do, you know, for the amount of time available uh, running was the best to develop your fitness and stamina. So that's the Marine Corps made me a runner. And fortunately, I enjoy it. Mm, I love it. Do you worry about injuries? I mean, my husband ran for many years uh, and then he just found it was it, there was a lot of wear on his body. His father was also a big runner, uh, you know, and took that through until I think his 70s until he wasn't able to run. But is it, you know, are you just lucky that you haven't had a lot of injuries when it comes to this activity? Well, I get asked that a lot, Janice, because uh, I ran my first marathon in 1980. So I've been running distance uh, for a long time. And uh, I know your husband is a firefighter, so I know that he's had a lot of wear and tear. Yes. And uh, I bet you his back is no better than my back. It's one of the typical things. Yes. For us. But anyway, um, you know, part of it is just learning to adapt. I mean, just with typical aging and the onset of 
arthritis that most of us get and how to deal with that. So back probably about 15 years ago, the wear and tear of the road was really beating me up. And I wasn't running as many marathons then, but um, you know, almost got to the point where if I was doing a long training run, I tried to do as much of that on the grass or on a beach or some kind of soft surface because it would take me days just to recover from that pounding on my legs and my back. And then uh, people began to speak to me about low impact running styles that have allowed people even with things like hip and knee replacements to come back to running. And so uh, I adopted a low impact running style that's really worked well for me. But still, even with that, um, arthritis was another thing that had plagued me. And just through talking to other older and experienced runners and just Google research on my own, I found that diet is such an important component to your health and your fitness. And uh, being able to find a diet that's anti-inflammatory because arthritis is inflammation. If your joints are inflamed, they're, they're not going to bear the running. If you can suppress that inflammation, then your joints will be healthy and you can run indefinitely. So for me, that's been a big part of the solution that just, you know, encountering difficulties and then just doing the research, talking to other people and figure out ways to overcome it. You know, some of it is an aging runner. Uh, I'm 68 this year. You know, you just have to slow down. Mm. You know, you slow down a little bit and don't worry about, uh, you know, the fast guys and gals that are out there passing you all the time. You just go at your own pace. And we'll be back with more of the Janice Dean podcast right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm really glad I talked to you about that because in some ways I think my husband has kind of given up on running and maybe you're giving him a little bit of hope that if he does some research, if he changes his diet and he goes slow, it might be something he could come back to. Oh, I could, Janice, I could undoubtedly put him back on the road. <clears throat> just give him all my secrets. <laughs> I might just do that, Hank. I, I really... It's very hopeful. And you're right about the back issues. He's had tremendous back issues. So, you know, that's something that 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 you guys struggle with, you know, when you're in an active career or profession um, like firefighting, like being a Marine. This is the wear and tear that you're going to have uh, as you get older. But Sean has certainly been looking for something that can bring him back, um, you know, to a place yeah, that he can, feels like he's doing something for his body. I can I can definitely help him with that and glad to. I'm always happy when I, I have somebody that can get the benefits that I've gotten as as I've had to deal with, you know, getting older and, and getting a little bit injured and beat up. I have had injuries. I've probably had about all of them, but I've recovered from all of them. And they're not chronic injuries. I've 
really healthy. I ran seven hours on Saturday and uh, I don't get sore. I, I don't have any pain whatsoever. But Janice, the other part for people like your husband being a firefighter, first responder, there's also sort of the psychological part of it. So, you know, we Marines, you know, most of us who have been to the combat zone, uh, although we don't like to admit it, PTSD is almost universal. Yes. And, uh, you know, there's ways of coping with that. It's the same thing with first responders. They, you know, they see so much over their careers and they have to internalize it, but they're, you know, their hearts and souls are scarred. And, you know, when you get out there and run for three, four, five hours, um, you know, there's a, a sense of peace and tranquility. It, it just breaks the stress and lets you sort out, you know, some of the bad memories. And even chemically, you know, your body releases chemicals and endorphins that, that uh, keep you calm, peaceful, and happy. I love that. I am truly going to make a point of telling him about this conversation because I'm getting teared up because I feel like he really does need to have that in his life right now, you know, and and to hear you talk about how you've been able to overcome so much. I do want to talk about your service. Um, what made you become a Marine? That's an easy question. My dad was a World War II era enlisted Marine who got called back for Korea. And I was born uh, two years after the Korean armistice. So when I was a little boy, five, six years old, um, you know, most of the men in the neighborhood were veterans. A select few of those uh, had been Marine vets. And they were the ones that tended to get together and, and congregate and, and talk uh, drink a beer together, and and I was kind of like a fly on the wall for all that. And I could see that these men, these Marine veterans, were different from the other dads, and it really made an impression on me. And they, you know, they just treated me like a little prince. And so at an early age, I said, you know, I want to be a Marine like my dad. And my dad gave me some advice. He said, you know, if that's what you want to do as a career and a profession. Then there's a certain way to do it. Uh, you know, you need to get an education. You need to go to college and and be a marine officer if that's what you want to do. And so, uh, that gave me the ambition of trying to get uh, accepted by the Naval Academy. And by some miracle, uh, the grace of God, I was and and went there. So I had my first four years of active duty uh, in a Navy uniform, and then. I had the option upon commissioning of choosing the Navy and Marines. I chose a Marine Corps and, and the Navy was angry because they, you know, they lost somebody that they'd educated and, and uh, groomed and, and prepared. Uh, so anyway, that's, that's uh, how I became interested and became a Marine. Hmm. And why are you so passionate to give back to your community? You know, first of all, like all of us, I love our country, and I've been such a big beneficiary of of the opportunities that this country has, not the least of which being able to get what they value now is like a $400,000 education at the Naval Academy, one of the best educations anywhere. Um, I've been, I spent over half my career 
outside of the continental U.S. and uh, visited 45 countries. And, you know, when you're out there in some remote place and, you know, you see that American flag and you think about our country and all that it has to offer, um, you know, it's just a great sense of pride. It's a great honor for me to be able to wear the uniform of my country and be something bigger than just me. But also seeing, you know, when you sign up for the military, even today, we have young men and women who are volunteering to come in the military and they raise their hand to support and defend the Constitution. And that, you know, is accepting the fact that that might be in giving your life. And many have given their lives. Uh, many have been wounded, injured. Uh, you know, their souls have been scarred. And, uh, you know, I, I saw a lot of action during my career and uh you know by the grace of god i was never touched even though i was in some very perilous places but a lot of people didn't a lot of people didn't come home my son is named after um a marine patchagir who was killed in the landing in grenada which i was a part of um you know he he never came home he had his wife was pregnant with their first child uh his son, uh, you know, never met his dad. And, you know, there's just so many stories like that. And, uh, you know, for those of us who are still standing up on our feet, healthy and able, uh, we have an obligation to serve those who uh, are either, you know, injured, sick, their families who've been left behind by those who've been killed. So that's where I get my passion. Mm-hmm. And you've raised more than $100,000 for wounded veterans through uh, the Semper Fi and American Fund. Yes? Well, I'm getting close. Uh, my current goal is $101,977. And there's a meaning behind that because it's got 1977 in there, which was my Naval Academy class. Mm. So I'm trying to reach that now. I'm getting pretty close, but I think uh, this year, 2024, I'll be able to do it. And I've got to give a shout out to my to my class because they've really responded well and, and probably contributed about 10% of the donations that I've received over time. Now, I've read that you suffer with PTSD. Um, how, how do you overcome that? Do you do therapy? I know that exercise is a big part of your life. You know, what do you recommend for people that go through something like this? I think the first thing is that, you know, you have to recognize the symptoms. I go out of my way when I see young men and women who have come back from the combat zone to ask them some questions to see if they're suffering the symptoms of PTSD. And usually the first answer I get is, no, I'm good to go, sir. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm good. And then you start probing down somebody who, has had the symptoms and really knows. And then you start uncovering the fact that absolutely they're uh, suffering the symptoms of PTSD and they manifest themselves over time. So you may initially be doing okay, but maybe a year later after you've been discharged and you're living in flyover America where there's no other veterans to be able to sit down and talk with and console, um, you know, the first part is you have to be able to recognize the symptom. Then once that's done, 
there are a lot of resources that are available. Many veterans don't know where those um, resources are, but uh, the VA provides a lot of good resources. Um, in my case, I was able to receive some really good therapy and a lot of that therapy is just self-awareness that you know they send you off with your homework and you do a little bit of reading and it helps you understand that PTSD is a natural consequence of experiencing those things that we all see in combat or we see as first responders. And then the idea that there are things that you can do to um, mitigate those symptoms. But sadly, what happens is a lot of times the symptoms are not recognized and they manifest themselves in things that are unacceptable conduct. So let's say too much drinking and then a veteran gets a DUI and then he goes to court and he's prosecuted uh, for DUI, but it doesn't come, you know, it, it doesn't come before the court that this person was, you know, a great service person, was decorated in combat and came home a different person. And, you know, now they're involved with alcohol or drugs or domestic abuse. So PTSD, a lot of us experience personality changes. Um, you know, we come home, we want to be by ourselves. We isolate ourselves. Um, we don't want to be around people, especially people that don't, don't and can understand what we've been through. And many times that includes your family. So you have a wife, she's not in the military. She hasn't experienced the battlefield, hasn't been halfway around the world. And then you come home and you don't want to talk or, you know, you're, you're tense and angry all the time or something like fireworks triggers you and, and, and you're experiencing anxiety. They have no way of really understanding that unless they're kind of brought into the fold and educated and say, Hey, Hank's not bad. This is just a consequence of his service. And these are the things that he needs so that he can deal uh, with life on a day-to-day -day basis. For me, a big part of that has been running. It sounds like you did the work, though. You know, you have to want to do the work. And sometimes, you know, sometimes the wife or the spouse, as many times as she tries, you know, she can't get through. Well, you know, most of us, you know, the things that draw us into military and public service um you know it can be kind of a macho thing and you don't want to admit any kind of weakness and uh that's really hard is is just to be able to speak openly and and i do it only because i feel i have an obligation to say hey i had ptsd my ptsd is mostly in remission but if I, i've experienced it and i'm not ashamed of it and neither should you so by hearing another person say that and speak about that experiences, I think it helps other people to be able to cope with their PTSD. And TMI, which I also have, uh, TBI rather, traumatic brain injury, uh, is closely associated with PTSD. We'll be back with more sunshine right after this. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm so proud of you. I, you are a tremendous person. Um, and we need more of you out there. Um, you know, what are your next goals? Obviously, you've achieved a lot in your lifetime. What are you looking towards uh, in the future? So about my goals, you know, I started running a lot of marathons back in about 2012. Um, there's a gal who you actually might be interested in, Angela Tortorese, who runs to raise money for MS. Mm. And she is the Guinness Book of World Record for the most marathons by an American woman. And she runs over 100 marathons a year. Uh, and, and she's not that old. But anyway, um, Angela was a friend of mine. And at the time, back in about 2012, I was only running five marathons a year. And that was my limit because anything more than that, I was getting injured. And so she was doing, she was trying to break the record for the most marathons and 300, a 365-day year. And she broke it, I think it was 110 marathons in 2012. And she kind of coached me and said, you know, you can run a lot of marathons if you slow down. Mm. And if you slow down, you won't get injured. So I adopted that. I The next year I said, well, I'm going to see if I can run 25 marathons. And I was able to do it. But then came the question of, all right, well, you're spending all this time and money on marathon running. You know, can you justify it? You know, can you justify it with your family and you know, the expense of all the other things? that you could be doing during that time. And the answer for me to that question was, number one, put the running towards a good cause. And that has been the Semper Fi and America's Fund uh, since about 2014. And the other part is that, you know, just my personal need as a therapy for, uh, you know, my PTSD and, and TBI. So, that brings me to your question of my goals. I want to run 50 more marathons this year, which will bring me to um, hopefully by December 31st, I will have run my 500th marathon or ultra marathon. And I can just remember just a couple of years ago, I could not imagine running that number of marathons. And by the way, there are a lot of people who have run many more than that. But my goal is to hit 550 for 2024. No telling what uh, that's a marathon a week. No telling what's you know going to come across my path. Hopefully no more brain surgeries. Mm. And in doing that, to be able to, to reach my uh, Semper Fi and America fundraising goals. It's tremendous. So we have to p- be in touch now uh, because I want to hear all about it as you achieve that goal what's your family say about all this oh they like it i have uh five kids my youngest one was my retirement gift from the marine corps <laughs> so i've been retired 17 he's a senior in high school oh. and i was hoping you know he was the one that i got to be with you know my other kids i was out deployed aboard ship in the field training and and mom kind of raised them but this one i had a chance to change his diapers and raise them and 
I was hoping that he would be my little running buddy. And so uh, he is kind of a, a a water kid. And being out here in San Diego, he was a swimmer, a surfboarder, uh, and a boogie boarder. And, uh, you know, I was nagging him about coming out with me to run. And he finally, after a couple of attempts, looked me in the eye and said, look, Dad, I'm the swimmer, you're the runner. And I perfectly understood that. Um, but in a broader sense, my other kids are, are very supportive and they're kind of amazed at, at some of my achievements. I got to go over to London today, uh, London in April, where I have a daughter that lives and works and she hosted me. And uh, last year, New Balance, the maker of the running shoes, who one of my sisters that employed with provided me some sponsorship and gave me the opportunity to run in um, both the, the London Marathon and the New York City Marathon. So I was there in New York last November, my first ever New York City. So uh, my other kids are very supportive. I don't know what my wife thinks. She just thinks I'm crazy. <laughs> A good she crazy. She lets me do it. I love it. How do people find out about your journey or if they want to support you or or give back? Well, I'd love to get uh, as much support as I could. I think the easiest way is if you just Googled uh, Semper Fi Fund Hank Donegan, and that will probably lead you to my donation page. Or if they just made a general donation to the Semper Fi Fund and just said that designated in support of Hank Donegan, and then that will go towards my lifetime fundraising goal. So that, that could be a really good boost. Um, I had a, uh, a Fox Newsday interview back uh, a couple weeks ago and a Fox Digital, and that manifested itself into some nice donations, although it didn't put me over, over the top. But I'm really appreciative of, of you asking me that and hopeful of getting some support. Oh, it's going to happen. Uh, we're going to make sure it happens. You're going to reach that goal after this podcast airs, my friend. I know it. Um, well, I really like to find somebody that's got a big heart for uh, veterans and their families. And, you know, they're they're in pretty good shape where they could do a matching and saying that for everybody who donates to Hank, I'll match it. And yes. that's, you know, when you get that, that really makes things happen. Okay. Awesome. Well, I'm going to contribute a thousand dollars. How about that? Right off the bat. Well, let's see if we can get someone to match that. Okay. Let's do that because I'm doing or, it. Or if you do it, um, if we don't get a match now, if you would hold that until October 15th, okay. I can get a match because there's a match that kicks in then. Well, so one way or another, if you can be patient, but uh, as always, I tell all of my donors, um, you know, if you ever want me to run a mile during one of my marathons in memory of, so I know about your in-laws, um, you would know, say, hey, Hank, you're going to be running the Chicago Marathon. Will you run mile 15 for somebody who's special to you? Uh, and while I'm out there kind of slugging away, it really makes things meaningful for me. I did that for the New York City Marathon, and I had about six people who had asked me to dedicate miles for them. And 
it, it just made it so meaningful. So you're out there, okay, mile six, this is for, you know, this fallen warrior, or, you know, this is for this mom who lost her son. Uh, I, I really like that. Oh my gosh, we're going to do that. that for any donors that, that come in, if they have a way of corresponding with me, um, then I will dedicate a mile for one of my upcoming big marathons. Well, let's do that because uh, Sean's dad, Mickey, was a t- tremendous runner, uh, ran 700, I think 700, you know, races. Um, I remember being there on one of his big milestones and he just loved it. It, it, it brought him such joy. So I'm so grateful that you and I connected because we're going to do that um, and we'll make sure that we, we raise lots of money for, um, for those wounded warriors. So thank you, Hank. Janice, we're done. Uh, if there's time, I just wanted to ask you kind of a question related to your in-laws and MS. Of course. So, you know, first of all, I'm a big fan of yours and, and, you know, I'm so honored you know, to have caught your interest um, and know a lot about your, your story and your family. And I really like that Mount Washington podcast <laughs> that you did being a New Englander. But um, I had my sister Maggie had MS. Uh, she had very severe MS for about three decades. And she was institutionalized for three decades. And she was in a home and she died suddenly during COVID. And it was very apparent that she had been neglected. So, you know, your story is, you know, is also similar to what, you know, suffering that you've had over the circumstances. So I wanted to share that with you. And again, kind of go back to uh, Angela, who I mentioned. Yes. Um, she's been fundraising for MS for years. Her uh, husband has ongoing MS and he's had it for decades, but he's not as severe as, as my sister was. But I just want to give you a wink on that and and know, you know your connection to MS and then your you know, your in-laws story there uh, during COVID. Well, thank you for that. I'd love to have Angela's information too. I would love to do a podcast with her because she sounds incredible. Um, oh, she's awesome. But in the meantime, let's do that. I do want to. I do want to write you a check. Um, let's find out the best way to do that, and um, and we if we can dedicate a mile to Mickey and D, that would just be unbelievable. That would be amazing. Well, my next big marathon that you would recognize is going to be the Big Sur Marathon, and I'm running that for the Semper Fly Fund, and that's going to be in April. So I could do that one, or if you wanted to wait, or I could, you know, I could run a couple of marathons in honor of people that you know. Uh, I'm going to do the Chicago. I'm going to do um, Berlin Marathon. And uh, then I have a couple of multi-day events that I'm going to do. So any one of those that, that works for you, it works for me. And uh, and a $1,000 check is pretty eye-popping, Janice. <laughs> You got it. Absolutely. I just want to make sure we get our bang for our buck. And I can certainly announce that on the uh, like on the podcast. Um, and, and we'll see if we get if we get the match then. And if we don't, then we'll, you know, like you said, we'll hold it until we can get a match. Well, it, as you know, 
so many people have hearts for um, military people, service personnel, and it's just them becoming aware. They hear the story. They hear the uh, enduring needs of of these veterans that the Semper Fi and America Fund serves. And uh, so I'm here at Camp Pendleton. We we just lost. We had a vehicle rollover. We had a Marine killed and 14 others badly injured back about a month ago. We just had those two SEALs who uh, yes. were from San Diego who were lost off in Somalia. And we had another helicopter who went down in San Diego all within the last month. And, uh, you know, people realize that their families, those injured, they have needs and those needs go on for years and they just open their hearts and their 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 wallets. So it's just a matter of getting that message out there. Mm. Well, I'm going to do that with you uh, and we're going to be in touch, obviously, and give me all you send me all your information and we'll I'll go through all of those races. And and yeah, I'll, I'd love to be in touch with you texting and emailing. And let's just continue that because um, I want to you know, keep track of you and, and your journey. And it's I want to so honored, Janice. <laughs> and, uh, you know, mention me to Sean and, and if, if we can connect, because I really think that I can, you know, give him some life changing things that, you know, over, over, you know, time and many years, you know, he gets all the benefits of my lessons learned. I would love that because he really needs something right now. He's his, he is actually going for back surgery at the end of February because it is so bad, but I really want him to have something coming out of this. And if it's just little by little getting back to that running that he loved to do so much, that's, that will be tremendous. Who, uh, who, who controls his diet? Who prepares the food and puts it in front of him? Well, that's him. I mean, he's the cook. <laughs> but I'll tell you, we both could be uh, really, uh, it would be very beneficial for, for both of us to have diets uh, that reduce inflammation. So both of us would be uh, really, would would learn a lot from what you've learned. Yeah, I can, I can give you some good advice and you just modify your diet and your diet you'll love your diet it you know won't be like you're suffering because you know you're just can't eat anything it's not like that at all but most people your age my age they start getting the symptoms of arthritis probably in their mid to late 30s and they just assume that you know that's aging and I'm just going to live with it and I don't have any arthritis and I used to wow. have bad arthritis I have wow. none of it that's tremendous. Okay, so listen, I'm going to be your new best friend. <laughs> what an honor. What an honor. <laughs> oh, this was such a pleasure. So, yes, you will be hearing from me for, for many reasons, and I hope that that's okay because what an inspiration you are. All right, Janice. Well, thanks so much for uh, taking your time. I don't know what the rest of your day holds, but I'm sure it's going to be pretty busy, and I appreciate you spending the time with me. Thanks again to Colonel Hank Donegan for such an inspirational conversation. And as Hank likes to say, there are no limits to what you're able to do if you have the hope that you can do it. And by the way, I made good on my promise and went to his website and donated $1,000 towards Hank's next race. I hope to get a match. Colonel Donegan has set the goal to raise over $101,000 to support wounded warriors through the Simplify and America's Fund. Donations are accepted at 
thefund.org slash donate. And I will be sure to post all of that information on my social media as well. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.